Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sweden celebrate victory in the third place playoff. A goal in heat chaff for a 2-0 win over the Aussies. Tony Gustafsson there, the Australian coach. Alex Chidiak, who got minutes tonight, Ash, off the bench. She came on around the 70th minute mark, but the Aussies, with one less day's recovery time, did it look like a game too far for some tired legs? Yeah, I think it was like a bridge too far for us, but, gee, they've done everyone proud to get this far. If you'd asked me before the tournament whether I'd be happy with Matildas coming forth, I would have taken it with both hands. I think they've had an incredible tournament. They just ran out of legs against, again, what we said before, a very good Swedish team. Knowles, we saw tonight that plan A wasn't working from an Australian perspective. Did you see evidence that there was a plan B there? No, I didn't. I didn't see any tactical difference from the Aussies. You know, even throughout this tournament, I haven't seen much of a tactical change. Even in the last game when they went to the three at the back, it seemed very, uh, you know, distant from what they that what they knew. And, and tonight there was there wasn't much of a change, which is sad. And that's probably something that we could probably look at going forward. But again, credit to these girls. They've been absolutely fabulous throughout this tournament and I'm so proud that I'm one of the lucky ones that have been able to call myself a Matilda. Tony Gustafsson's in-game management, his use of substitutions, has been questioned at times throughout this tournament, Ash. He'd made a couple of double changes tonight but couldn't find that trigger to really release the Australian attack. Yeah, that's right. And it's hard coming on as a sub when you're already 2-0 down to try and make a massive difference. You're on the back foot. The team's not playing the same style of football that you're used to. But that's your job as a sub. And, you know, I would have liked to have seen a few more, a bit more use of the squad from Tony Gustafsson. You know, he spoke about 23 for 23. And up until tonight, we saw about 17 of the 23. So, you know, hopefully moving forward, you know, we, we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but what, what's next for this squad? And it, I think it's getting a bit more game time for some of the um, players coming through the ranks. Sam Kerr on screen there, Jess. She tried her utmost throughout these last couple of games, but there were times tonight that you felt like she was playing on with a limp, a visible limp out there in the middle. Yeah, she looked really uncomfortable, especially coming into the second half. Wasn't sure what it was, and then she went down with you know, another calf injury for a few minutes and got very worrisome. So to not see Sam Kerr at her best in this game, really in this tournament, you know, I think that was just a huge loss for this Matilda side. They, they held on very well to, you know, do what they, to, to have done what they did without their star player. But just, just unfortunate for, for Sam Kerr as an individual. I can only imagine the pressure that she's feeling on it herself. It seemed like she just copped a massive cork here in the back of the calf. And already when you're feeling, you know, you know where you're at with your calf. And, you know, she was immense tonight. She tried her hardest. But, again, something like that, most players would come off. She kept going. 
Club teams are at that point right now where they're watching these games very closely, wondering when they're going to get their players back. And I'm sure Emma Hayes is watching this one, hoping that Sam's OK and she'll be fit and ready returning to Chelsea. She's been here in Australia, Emma Hayes, talking at conferences this week. I think she would have had her head in her hands at times tonight. But this is the opening goal from a Swedish perspective, Nules. They had a look at it, VAR had a look, and there was connection there from Claire Hunt in the box. There was connection, but it's unfortunate for Claire. She's been, you know, massive this tournament. It was just the way she was running, they just, you know, she's accidentally kicked her in the back of the, the heel there. There wasn't much in it, there was no malice in it. But Rolfo steps up, and what a quality penalty this is. Mackenzie Arnold picks the right way, but unfortunately doesn't, can't get a hand to it. The perfect strike, Jess, there, wasn't it? Macca knew which way she was going to go, but still too good, ultimately. Yeah, when it comes to penalties, you have to hit it right, and you have to hit in the right spot, unless that, you know, or else that would have been a very savable ball for Mackenzie Arnold because she, she guessed the right way. It would have been a great save, obviously, from, from her standpoint, but honestly just a world-class finish for Rolfo. Sweden assembling here ahead of the medal presentation. We will, of course, take you to that live here on Optus Sport. This is a moment, Ash, that they've experienced before and the quality that we saw from them on the pitch tonight, they'll be kicking themselves that they didn't take that final step into the World Cup final. Yeah, they could very easily be in the World Cup final. You know, they beat the US, they beat Japan. They would have been thinking that they could beat anyone. They really just need to take that do it once and I think we'll see them regularly there in the final and we saw a touching moment just there with uh, Caroline Seager she was probably her last World Cup if she got on today she would have been their record holder but I think she's their joint record holder for most women's World Cup appearances at 20 which is a massive effort. She's been a real leader for this Swedish side for some time. Claire Polkinghorne, from an Australian perspective, the most capped Matilda in history, Nules. And you would think we've seen her play at least her last World Cup game tonight. I think we would have. And, you know, Claire Polkinghorne is, is what Australia is all about. She's such a legend on and off the pitch. She's a real leader. She, she works, you know, in every aspect, you know, on and off the pitch again with everything that she does. And whatever is in, in the future for her... I hope that we keep her within our game for a long, long time. Let's have a really quick look at the second goal for Sweden before this medal presentation starts because it's an absolute cracker ash and it came at a time when the Aussies were looking for an equaliser and Sweden counter-attacked beautifully. Yeah, and here's our defensive balance on display again. You know, two centre-backs back, three of their forwards going. Um, you know, Claire Hunt, I thought, did a great job. And Nulls, you spoke up as Lani's technical ability in the pre-game and, you know, we saw it on full display there. What a, what a great finish. And what I think as well is what... She actually plays that ball into Blackstinius to get in and then gets herself back into the box to be able to strike that ball and hit it in the back of the net. Absolute world-class finish from Aslani. Sweden celebrate at Brisbane Stadium. 2-0 victors over the Matildas. They equaled their national record of five wins at a World Cup with that victory today. They also won five matches in 2011 and 2019. They scored 14 goals at this Women's World Cup, the second most in the history of Swedish football. Well, may Sweden celebrate comprehensive victors over the Matildas in Brisbane today. And I think, Ash, you can see the joy, you can see the happiness they've been at this stage in the tournament four times in the past, a 100% winning record in this game. And yet the feeling is that this side, this squad could well have gone one better. They could have, and I think they would have caused any team in the final a challenge. Um, you know, look at them, they are happy and deservedly so. They're a very good quality team, and they probably do deserve this um, third-place medal for yet another tournament. 
and you know, third place um, ranking in the FIFA rankings too. It's probably fair and at the end of the day. They're lucky number three. Well, they should know how to win this game. They've been there plenty of times before. So, look, they, they've been a joy to watch this tournament. I've followed them all the way through the group stages and they could have went along the way, all the way to the, to the end, but... Do you think Emily's taking lots of advice from Albo there? <laughs> Probably not. You can see the disappointment on the skipper's face there. Sam Kerr, Hayley Rasso and Claire Hunt, who we saw a moment ago, Nules. That is a player whose rise to the international stage has been incredible to witness. This is her first major tournament and she's going to be a part of this Matilda squad for so many years to come. She's a future leader of this team. I'm so proud of Claire Hunt. I know what she's gone through to actually get to this point in her career and to be able to step up from, you know, only playing a handful of international cats before coming to this tournament. She's been one of the main players and the key players for the Matildas throughout this whole tournament. Other than that little mishap that she's done with the penalty, other than that, she has been a brick wall for our defence and I can't wait to see what else she can bring to this team and she's got a big future ahead of her. For the Aussies, Ash, fourth at the last Olympic Games, now fourth at this World Cup, and they brought the nation together in a remarkable way over the course of the next month, over the last month. When you look at this side, what needs to change for the Matildas to take that next step, that final step into the World Cup final? Yeah, the positive thing is that they've been there and thereabouts, haven't they? And they've been developing a lot of players over the last few years. I think something we can continue to work on as a from a coaching team perspective is to develop our style of play so that when you come up against different teams you can be versatile with our tactics no matter who's on the park or no matter what you want to do. Adriana Del Monte, Amy Chapman and Chloe Legazzo are pitch side. Adriana, we've just seen the team move behind you and the incredible reception there at Brisbane Stadium. Really emotional scenes here at pitch side, Neva. A massive reception, so much love. All the fans down this end have stuck around. Amy... What does this mean for this group and Australian football? I think it needs to be understood how many people have stayed around just to give them this round of applause, just to see them walk around the stadium. This tournament has been enormous. It has united the people. It's captivated the nation around these girls, around football, and you can see what it means to them. Look, it's undeniable what this tournament has done for sport in Australia, not just women's sport, but I think sport in, in general. And it's so captivating, everything the girls have done, but this is just the start. This is the start of where the Matildas are going to go and just see how capable we can be with the investment that we need and what we can do leading forward. We've been inspired. The, the scenes have been magical, absolutely magical to have covered. But on the pitch, some exceptional football. And in the end, it's all said and done. A fourth-place finish at a Women's World Cup. That's remarkable. It's phenomenal. And I think if you had a um, wish for this early on, you know, it'd be saying it'll be, it's a bit of a stretch dream, but the Matildas have done exactly that. They've inspired a nation, and this is the stadium where they had that phenomenal 20 penalty scenes, and it's just phenomenal. We're, we're getting a little bit emotional here, seeing the players. They're a bit sad it's over. We are sad it's over, but what a month it has been. Look, it's devastating. I know the girls are upset that they didn't get the job done, but it's, not, it's undeniable what they've done, and we've just inspired so many people. They've played phenomenal football. Not having Sam Kerr at the start was devastating, but for the girls to be able to step up and do what they did, I think they've really, really impressed everybody. They absolutely have, and the crowd, they're all waiting. They're waiting for their heroes, signs everywhere, saying a simple message, thank you, Matildas.
Adriana, Chappie, Chloe, thank you so much. Enjoy the aftermath there in Brisbane Stadium. We can feel that it is still absolutely pumping for this Matilda side who finished fourth at this home Women's World Cup going down today in the third place playoff to Sweden 2-0. We'll continue the breakdown. We'll hear from the skipper herself, Sam Kerr, right after the break here on Optus Sport. Now, it's been a wild ride for the Matildas, but what did you make of that game? Um, obviously, the end result isn't what we were hoping for, but um, I think they played the best that they could and they've had a really good tournament, so what more could you want? Yeah. A lot to be proud of, but our best ever finish, right? A great finish in the end. It wasn't the result we wanted tonight, but the crowds have been absolutely amazing all tournament. So let's get another World Cup Australia. The crowds outside Brisbane Stadium celebrating the Matildas' best ever finish at a Women's World Cup. They couldn't get the job done against Sweden today, who won the third place playoff, but fourth place for the Matildas for the very first time at a World Cup, men's or women's. Let's have a listen to the skipper now. Sam Kerr spoke after the game. Sam, you're heartbroken again, or what's the overriding emotion? Yeah, um, just disappointment, of course. We wanted to win, wanted to have something... You know, some hardware to take home, but um, wasn't to be. What do you take out of this entire month? We can talk about the 90 minutes, but it's kind of irrelevant given what this month has been for Australian football and the Matildas. What about for you living it? Yeah, it's been honestly a dream come true. The way, you know, the fans have got behind us, the way the girls have carried themselves. And um, I think we've proven to, you know, the world, but also within Australia, that we are a footballing nation. and. Um, that's all down to the fans and I mean we couldn't get it done tonight but hopefully we've inspired people for many years to come. We were worried about you again during that second half when you were down on the turf for uh, a bit of a stretch. All okay? Yeah my calves are struggling to be honest but I just copped a knee in the back of my right one which is my strong one so um, yeah I mean that's irrelevant now but yeah. What do you want to do tonight with this playing group? Just reflect and enjoy each other's company one last, one last time? Yeah, I mean, it's sad that it's come to an end. This has been, I think I said it yesterday, the best four weeks of our careers. And um, it would have been nice to go out on a high, but I think, you know, we have to reflect and think of how amazing this is. And we've never come fourth before. So although it's disappointing, I think, you know, we'll think back to this in a couple of weeks and be really proud of how we did. And I think everyone in Australia will look back on this tournament with fond memories. Thanks, Sam. Thank you very much. Sam Kerr, you can see the disappointment on the skipper's face there, Noor. She had to wait out the first three games of this tournament, watching from the sidelines. She played, what, 10 minutes in that first knockout game. This tournament alone for her as a human has been a hell of a roller coaster. It's been massive for her. You know, I think post-tournament, she's going to really sit down and reflect. And you could see in her interview in the last game and this game, you can see the emotion and... 
you know, again, we always talk about them as footballers but not as humans. And, you know, it would have been a lot to go through this tournament the way she did. But, you know, she's she's been a great part of the team, even if she hasn't played part in the first few matches. She's been great. She's been a rock there for all the girls. She's been a great leader off the pitch as well. And you can even see when she came on at this in this game, like she just gave her everything. They're disappointed now, aren't they? But they'll they'll hopefully have time in the next few days to reflect on what they've been able to achieve and, and see that it, it is in a very successful and happy sort of tournament overall. I think they're disappointed because I think they had they knew in deep down in their hearts that they could have gone one better as well because they got that momentum in the end and I think truly, you know, especially Sam and the core group that have been there for a long period of time truly believe that they could have went one better. Absolutely. Um, but I think tactically they got, you know, really outcoached at the end of the day these last two games. And you can kind of see the difference between these European teams and, and teams like the Matildas and, and the United States. We're, we were comparing the two with the grassroots of soccer. So hopefully moving forward that, you know, things will continue to change because you can see these underdogs like the Matildas. We didn't know what to expect of them going into this tournament, but look how far that they've made it, you know, just hanging on by a thread. And then at the end of the day, they really did succeed. Their nation is very proud of them. They should be proud of themselves. And people globally are very proud of this host nation. So they did nothing short of amazing this tournament. Katrina Gorey giving away her boots to the crowd here. They are boots and that covered some miles throughout this World Cup. She was immense and her partnership with Kyra Cooney-Cross in the midfield was such an important part of Australia's success. They were both phenomenal. The two of them really held it together. We always know the midfield is the engine of any of any team and those two had a, had a fantastic partnership. And I know Katrina Gorey has been a fantastic role model for, for Kyra Cooney-Cross off the pitch as well. And it's helped her de develop her game and it's given her the confidence to be able to play alongside her. And they're such a great team. You can see when Kyra grows up, you know, Gorey will sit in behind for her or if Gorey wants to go up, because they both are really attacking footballers but they share that load to be able to balance the team out. Kyra Cooney-Cross, an important part of that next generation of Matildas. We've talked about Claire Hunt as well. Another one is Mary Fowler. She has come into her own throughout this tournament at a time without Sam Kerr that the Aussies really needed her to do so. Certainly. The, the, the future is bright for Australian football, I think. We've got some superstars here that will still be here for a long time, but there's the next generation coming through, which means, you know, we can be fairly optimistic for not just the Olympics coming up, but the next World Cup as well. There'll be a little bit more rotation and the more game time these players get at a high level, the better off we're going to be. And this is why it's super important that the funding post this, this tournament goes into the right places. We've seen the $200 million that we just got for sports in general, but really we need 200 million just for football to go forward. The A-League needs investment. Grassroots needs investment because that's where all these players come from. If they're not getting the right pathways, not just for players, coaches, admins, everybody in football, we need to ride this wave from this Women's World Cup. It does feel like such a moment in time, Ash, and a moment that we want to be just the beginning. Exactly. We want to take advantage of the momentum that's been created and the attention and the eyeballs and the support that's been on this tournament. And you've said it best, you know, I can't say it probably better than Knowles. You need investment and you need focus on what's going to take us forward rather than getting distracted by any other, you know, circular things. We've got a big Women's World Cup final coming for you tomorrow right here on Optus Sport. But for tonight, Jess McDonald, 2019 World Cup champ, thank you so much for your company. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Catherine Canooley, always a pleasure, and we'll see you at Stadium Australia for the Decider tomorrow. You sure will. 
Ash Sykes, thanks so much for your company tonight. You'll be there tomorrow as well. See you there. Can't wait for it. The World Cup final is to come, but tonight it is the Matildas celebrating their best ever finish at the Women's World Cup on the field. Let's talk about off the field as well, because the Matildas have flipped the script at this World Cup. They have changed the conversation for women in sport forever. They've done it with remarkable resilience. They've shown strength in togetherness, the power of teamwork and having each other's backs. They've done it with skill and class and fight, breaking records on and off the pitch and bringing people together through football. This is just the beginning for this team, for women's sport in this country and for the next generation of Aussie kids who have been inspired to believe that anything is possible. So tonight, let's toast the Tillies and then take those next steps together in ensuring that this is a massive moment in a story that is just getting started. Thanks so much for your company on Optus Sport tonight. We'll see you tomorrow when Spain take on England in the Women's World Cup final. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.